It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're professional Zoomers right now. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn. Your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, intern Jaws. Pappas, what's up, brother? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Living the dream? Yeah, you could say that. All right. You could definitely say that. All right. You got a lot of support for um, wearing your conductor hat for the Zevion Capers hype train yesterday. I love that. Me too. Me too. Great job, Intern Jaws, with the graphic. Yeah, shout Loved out, it. Shout out, Intern Jaws. You like that one? Yeah. That was really... Yeah. All right. Um, so on today's show, we got some former Auburn quarterback drama. Got some weird stuff there. We'll touch on some lister questions regarding our question from yesterday about which freshman will play the most versus Kentucky. And some other fun questions and comments. So first things first, um, the the less dramatic one. Malik Willis was named the starter at Liberty. You gotta love that. Remember when Auburn fans wanted him to start more than anything. So I'm glad he's getting a chance at Liberty. Um, and then moving into the more interesting thing. So there's like this weird thing that started yesterday about Joey Gatewood's eligibility. Um, Travis Graff of Kentucky's Rivals site is reporting that Gatewood, who transferred uh, in December, has likely been cleared for immediate eligibility by the NCAA, but the matter is now up to SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Kentucky Sports Radio's Matt Jones said that he has heard the same. Jones says, quote, I can confirm that report. That's what I was hinting at last week. That has been true for a while that the NCAA has cleared him, but they're waiting on the SEC. Graf is also reporting that Kentucky has a gentleman's agreement with Auburn that Gatewood will not play on September 26th as a way to show thanks for Auburn's cooperation with the waiver request. That part was not confirmed, but it would be a very interesting turn of events, especially if the SEC, though these teams uh, are not traditional uh, rivals. So uh, this doesn't make sense to me. One, I don't really understand why Auburn would care and like another thing is like they're just totally like leaving Joey in the dark. So I, I was talking to a member of Gatewood's camp last night, and I was actually on the phone with him. And then Gatewood called him, and he called me back. Um, and it, it sounds like Joey has no knowledge of this. It sounds like uh, they're like you know you, you need to involve the kid at some point. 
Um, I'm not buying it, but the weirdest thing is like I don't understand why Auburn would care. This whole gentleman's agreement thing is very, very strange to me. Uh, yeah, I- I've never heard of anything remotely like this. Um, I'm not sure why Auburn would, I don't know, ask for that, I guess. I have a hard like, time hey, believing we'll that Auburn asked. Your... Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you out with your waiver if he just doesn't play in the game that we have against you guys this year. That seems weird. What if the game ended up being like week seven? They can't just have, they can't just like take, have the kid not play week seven. It's also I mean, like he's not expected to be the starter. So why – I just don't understand why Auburn would care. Unless Kentucky – the only way I could see this being a true scenario is if Kentucky said – went to Auburn and was like, hey, guys, thank you so much for helping us with this. You know, uh, you, know you could have made this a lot more difficult for Joey. We're not going to play him against you guys. And Gus was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. I, I mean – how many snaps was he going to play, right? I mean, was he going to play, like, more than five snaps? Like, probably not, right? I doubt it. I yeah. mean, he's not supposed to be the starter, so I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a very, very odd situation. I mean, even the beginning of what you said, that he's been cleared for immediate eligibility by the NCAA, um, but they're waiting on the SEC. Yeah, it's like, okay, Sankey. Like, Sankey has handled everything throughout this pandemic really, really well. I think he's handled the best of all five of the big, uh, you know, the Power Five commissioners. And for him to, uh, for him to whiff on this, I think that would be really bad. So we'll see what happens there. Joey, in my understanding, does not know that he is cleared or not. So I think it's odd. I think that's odd. But, yeah, I just wanted to start the show off with that just because that kind of started circulating around some of the message boards. And, you know, you haven't really seen it anywhere big. You saw it on, you know, originally it came from rival Kentucky's rival site. And then the only place that I've really seen it outside of there was Saturday Down South doing their whole thing where they write an article about an article. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I th- that, that's really the only place I've seen it. So... Interesting. Yeah, I think so too. So I don't know. The whole, yeah, this is just weird. Just weird. Want to give some love to our friends at Rock Auto? You can go to rockauto.com and write uh, locked on in the how did you hear about us box um, to let them know that we sent you. But rockauto.com is the place to go for all of your automotive needs. I mean, they have everything. They're not limited to your traditional storefront. They have. Every kind of part for every type of vehicle. I mean, they're even selling carpet now for all of your different vehicles, whether it's your daily driver or, you know, if you got your classic car that you've been working on in your shop. Uh, rockauto.com is the place for you. So once again, go to rockauto.com and write locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
So, Michael, yesterday we asked the question uh, to listeners, who will get the most playing time among Auburn's offensive freshmen against Kentucky? So we had a few responses to that. Um, We'll start things off with Matt from Wichita, Kansas. He said, I think Hudson will get the most playing time against Kentucky. I honestly think it will be smart not to give Tank that much of a workload against Kentucky so Georgia doesn't have that much film to study on him. Kind of keep him as a surprise for week two. Well, first things first. I mean, uh, Kobe Hudson is a natural wide receiver. So you gotta you gotta anticipate that he's gonna be ready day one. Um the the holding tank for Georgia week two is is interesting to me. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? Um I'm not sure that I'm not sure I'd want his first, you know, bulk touches to come against uh, um, a Georgia defense that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, yep. Um, that would be a little concerning to me. Also, I'm not totally sure how much film study helps with a running back. Um, he, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I don't know. It's a creative idea, at at worst, right? Like, it's not that far out there to think that a coach would pull, do something like this. Um, I just. I feel like I would rather let him get his feet wet against the Kentucky defense and then, you know, kind of ramp up to Georgia. Then I think the other question, though, is how much value is in, like, one week's worth of experience? You know, I I see this argument um, both ways. I think I would prefer him get more reps versus Kentucky than uh, Georgia. Jaws, you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I don't think Auburn's going to pull any punches. Uh, week one against Kentucky, and I don't see. I understand where this listener is coming from. I just don't see a reason. Josie has a name. The listener has a name. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt from Wichita. There you go. I don't. I don't see a reason why we would hold uh, Tank back from getting touches week one. I think George. Well, we wouldn't. I think George is going <laughs> to shut us down one way or another, or at least try to. Better than Kentucky. So. Yeah. I uh, and. and I like that you say Auburn's not going to pull any punches here because I think Dude, what I mean they already have a gentleman's agreement for Kentucky to not play their backup quarterback <laughs> like they're clearly not pulling punches. <laughs> That's so odd, man. It's so weird. It's so odd, but I I think Auburn has a, a very solid chance to beat Kentucky. I, I'm not necessarily worried about this game, but when you look, I mean Kentucky is overachieved. The last two seasons, and I think you know they've got some cred. I think Gus Malzahn is going to respect this group, and uh, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what that looks like from a personnel management standpoint. They're going to do what they think is best for this team, and if ta- if that's to put Tank on the field more in the second half, which is kind of what I'm predicting, I think uh, I think they're going to do it. So Matt from Wichita, thank you for being a, a loyal listener. It means a ton. Um, let's see. Got another question. And I guess if you want to answer this, 205-502-4285, you can call or text it. Uh, this listener says, Zavian Capers and Jalen Simpson, since they have the most snaps from the scrimmage, there's an Auburn football Twitter video where Capers has obviously caught a touchdown from Knicks and Coach Cody Burns running down the field congratulating him. Secondly, the last time Steele called on a freshman like Simpson, it was a consensus All-American and started four years. Simpson won't start four years, but I do think that he is going to be a guy this time next year. We are f- we are going to be 
feeding quarterback tears to his hype train. All right. Um, I agree with you. I think Capers is the guy that gets the most uh, snaps among the offensive freshmen. As far as defense, my, my feeling is either it's Jalen Simpson, if this hype is tr- legitimate, or Zacchaeus Walker. I think he's the other guy that I think is going to crack the rotation and get a lot of snaps. Um, Michael, you got thoughts on Capers or uh, Jalen Simpson? Isn't, isn't this Steele's fourth season at Auburn? Birmingham Bowl. He got hired during the Birmingham Bowl, right? So that, that sounds right, but I can, I can fact check that. If he had called on a freshman. So the last time Steele called on a freshman like Simpson probably would have been Owen Papo last season. It's been, um, it's been four years. 2016 now. Yeah. Yeah, so he's only had three seasons. I think that the 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 person who the the listener um is referring to Marlon Davidson here, right? I think it would have to be. I can't think of a freshman that started four years. Brown. Did did Brown play for did he start as a true freshman? No. No, I didn't Mar- think so. yeah, Marlon uh, did. So, yeah, you're right. But that wasn't Steele. I don't know, semantics. Um I, if I think that would have been Steele. Yeah. That was Steele. Yeah. Yeah, he would have started as a freshman for Steele. So this is Steele's fifth year. 16 seasons, 17, 18, 19. That's four seasons. And then 2020 is his fifth year. Okay. 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 Glad we just went through that. I, I believe the last... Uh, I would consider Owen Papo the last time he called on a freshman like this. Obviously, Owen's very good. That, again, is just kind of semantics. Um, Hey, if Jalen Simpson wins this cornerback job, he will have beat out, I mean, two guys that we think are pretty good players in Marco Domeo and Nehemiah Pritchett. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, good for him. And and that would give me a a lot of hope for for him being very good. So I'm, uh, excuse me, I'm, I hope he does win the job. If he does, I think it puts him in like Carlton Davis conversation. I mean, you kind of look at what he was able to do when he started his season here at Auburn with Muschamp. So that'd be a big deal. That'd be an absolutely big deal. And we talked about capers yesterday. I think we're all very high on capers. In fact, uh, Michael is the conductor of his hype train. So we agree there. Hey, we'll talk about other listener questions. You guys got some good ones uh, coming up in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Another listener question, 205-502-4285. Could you highlight some players that could play both sides of the ball if needed? Matthew Hill's the first guy that comes to mind here, guys. Can y'all think of another player that Auburn could possibly call on to play on the, both sides of the football? Devin Barrett. Yeah. Uh, I would say pretty much the whole offensive line. Why? Could probably... I mean, they could probably play defensive line. Yeah, but there's a ton of defensive linemen. It just says, can you highlight players that can play both sides of the ball if needed? There's a bunch of wide receivers, too. 
Okay. I'm just saying, and they might not be able to do it well, but like they are all, you know, six, seven, not all, but they've got guys on the offensive line who are six, seven, 320 pounds. Like slap that guy at defensive tackle. All right. I'll tackle somebody probably. Uh, I got another Lister text. Hype up Carlson a little bit more. Come on, fellas. All right. I think it's going to be really good. I don't Which know. Carlson. Uh, our kicker, Daniel. Or no, Anders. Sorry. Anders. Well, see, that's why I asked. Because yesterday we uh, we did run through the NF- the Auburn guys in the NFL that had great weekends. Uh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. How did Daniel do? Josh, look up how Daniel did. He hit a he hit a fifty fifty yarder, I think. That's nice. So maybe we could have been hyping him up. Yeah, maybe we could have. Maybe we could have. Speaking of Auburn guys who had great weekends, did uh, am I mistaken or did Darius Slayton catch two touchdowns last night? I know he caught one. I only watched the first half. He was uh, and it was a beautiful route. It, it really was. It was a beautiful route, lining up on the outside and uh, running that little post action. Um, did he score again? I'm looking. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, How about he, that? I, I saw the second touchdown. It was also him. It was like a three-yard slant. Dang. Six catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns, nine targets. Yeah, that's that's awesome. 22 fantasy points. That's awesome. Um, all right, final question, and it's a two-parter. A couple of comments on Monday's podcast. Do you suppose the pre-snap penalties could have been caused by makeshift offensive sets caused by a significant number of the 10 held uh, 10 being held out on offense. Hopefully it's not our buck defensive ends being offsides. Uh, it certainly could be. We don't know if all 10 were on offense or not. We just know that that there are 10 players that are not um, able to they were not able to participate in on Saturday and they are currently being held out. So we just know that five are starters and there's 10 total players. Um, they certainly could all be on offense. We don't know. Um, second part, if I understood what you were saying correctly, small quibble with Gus leaving substitution to assistance, thought big criticism on him making personnel specific substitutions that telegraph what the play was going to be and restricting hurry up, no huddle. Love the podcast. Listen every day, Mickey B. We love you, Mickey B. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing in my opinion, as far as what Gus Malzahn has done. And it's, it's a partially why it works so well in 13. And then they changed the offense up a little bit from 13 to 14. But ever since then, with what they've tried to do, you could kind of telegraph what the play was based on what formation they were in. And he kind of pigeonholed certain guys to play like specific positions. And so like when, uh, when they had like an H-back and a tight end to the same side, like they were probably running it, and they had like three different patterns they ran play action out of after that. And it got very predictable. And then you kind of saw them change the offense up a little bit when Chip Lindsey was here. And I think we're going to see it even change up even more with Chad Morris here. Um, I think that's kind of why he's been open to bring these guys in and let them call plays is because he's aware of the fact that I, I, I don't know if he just hadn't been able to figure out how to do that yet or, or what. But you saw this same issue with... Chip Kelly when he went to the NFL and it's just like if they're if they line the tight end up in a certain spot you know probably what play they're going to run and people catch on to that over time they don't catch on to it quickly and I think that's why it worked so well in 2013 I also think Auburn's personnel was perfect for what they wanted to do in 2013 and the league quite uh, quite honestly hadn't adjusted yet but 
at this point it has. And so, yes, uh, Mickey B, that is probably my biggest concern with what Gus Malzahn does as an offensive guy is his offense and his scheme is limited based on certain personnel groupings, and I think that's something that has to change. Yeah, I thought if I I was surprised that he had said that um, the the assist, I, what what was it that Cadillac they um, Cadillac had had played you know four different running backs for X number of snaps and I, I was surprised that Cadillac was the one who was controlling that um, I always thought that that was you know, uh, personnel substitutions where it was like all Gus. So maybe he he's going to be involved in that more during a game. But as far as practice goes, I think he's going to let his assistant coaches coach his, their position groups. Well, okay then. Do you have any thoughts on the personnel substitutions as far as telegraphing what the play is going to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw that really bad with like Chandler Cox, and yeah, then when 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 it was literally when Chandler Cox is on the field, they're running the ball. When he's not, they're throwing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Josh, you got any thoughts on these uh, these last few listener questions? Yeah, um, I've gone back and just watched a lot of film on YouTube with the 2013 and 2014 season, and then I would immediately go and watch 2018 Auburn. And it's it's so easy to predict what's going on. Like Michael just said, if Chandler Cox was on the field, they were going to run the ball. If Chandler Cox was not on the field, they were going to throw it. And it was just really obvious what they're doing. And I hope they they stray away from that this yeah. year. Yeah, and like I, I think at least early on in the season, we're not going to know who that Chandler Cox role is. Right. So I think that's going to give uh, Auburn's offense a breath just for a little bit. But you know, eventually those tendencies are going to be discovered, and we got to figure out. You know, we've got to see what Gus is going to do in response to, to all of that. Michael, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Intern Jaws? Follow me on Twitter at Dawtober. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. I'm also uh, on, uh, or the show is on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and the show is on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.